after getting numerous requests to have somebody on the show who can help us to understand why it is that we fall off that proverbial wagon with our health, you know what I'm talking about. You start a fitness and nutrition plan, you're going gung-ho 100%, and then you fall off. And so today I sit down with our guest to break down why it is that we give so much effort only to sabotage ourselves and our goals. And then we're going to learn the steps to breaking that cycle. So many of my clients have gone through this, and I know many of you have too. So hang on tight. You're going to learn a ton. My guest today is Jill Bunny. She's a former athlete turned bodybuilder and cover model who then met cancer and MS, and that shaped the launching of her career into a completely different direction. Jill plays so many roles, including coach, consultant, and therapist, and she targets business strategy, health, and money mindset. She's a no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is badass. And not only is Jill an incredible coach, she's my coach. And I know that you will gain so much from this episode. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Badass Reset Club, a special place where if you've lost your way, girl, we're here to help guide you back. Those club doors are opened up wide so we can discuss all things fitness, nutrition, body composition, hormones, menopause, beauty, headspace, and more. Hey there, my name's Heather. I'm a fitness expert, nutrition coach, autoimmune athlete, mom of three pretty cool kids, and married to one handsome firefighter. I started this club because after years of over-exercising, under-fueling, gaining weight, dealing with Hashimoto's disease, and experiencing hormones gone crazy, I knew there had to be a better way. So come on in, badass. Let's hit that reset together. All right, welcome back to the Badass Reset Club. I'm really excited today to bring in this dynamo, whether you're watching on YouTube so you can see maybe her dog. But (laughs) if you're listening, you'll have to know that there's a very cute puppy coming onto the pod today. Rusty's joining us. And today is my guest, Jill Bunny. And I'm very excited to dive into this topic because it's been requested by many of my clients and Mm -hmm. friends who just are curious. So Today, we're going to talk about neuropsychology. We're going to talk about how it ties in with our health. We're going to talk about what we can do when we get sticky stuck. And Jill is here with all sorts of wisdom. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you so much. I have been waiting to get on here. So as soon as you gave me the invite, I was excited. (laughs) And we're just going to go all in. I know you got some questions. Yeah, probably got some questions for you. And hopefully it's of good value to all the listeners. Fantastic. And I'm sure it will be. I know that you pack the punch with value with everything that you do. So this will be cool. I want to just kind of back up a little bit so people know what your background is, because you've done Mm -hmm. so many incredible things. You have come from the health and wellness space. You've been involved in it for a long time, but then you shifted because of life events. You shifted into more of executive coaching and therapy. And that journey was super cool. So you did something that was a little bit different. You went back and got your master's in counseling and therapy. Yes. Yep. And you also tied that in with like a functional medical degree. And so like that combination is legit badass. So (laughs) 
for all my little education gurus and nerds. And I know Heather, you're a badass nerd too. There's just so much we can learn about the human body. And Mm -hmm. like you said, I came at it from the health and fitness space, being a personal trainer, like aqua aerobics, spin, like you name it, step boxing. I did it all growing up. And that was kind of the segue into what I was doing for a career. And most of it was aesthetic based and physical. And obviously being young, I think that's a lot of our avenues going into the space because we don't have the mental capacity or the experience to be able to understand things from a different level. But lo and behold, as we age, we go through things, tough times, it kind of gives us different clarity on life. And I realized that, you know, fitness is just one aspect of health. And if we don't have our mental health, our physical health won't be there regardless. So going at it from being a fitness competitor, being a personal trainer, like I said, group fitness instructor, I went through my own health battle of cancer, being diagnosed with MS as well. And I put on about 50 to 60 pounds. So looking at me, if anyone's seen, you're like, how is that? possible. I just bloomed up. That's what happened. And I went through this period of thinking that I'm, you know, just a hypocrite. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I did, but this is what I did for an entire living. And I couldn't even get myself to lose weight yet. That's what I do for my clients. Mm -hmm. And I was just at that sticking point and thought, well, what am I going to do? I know I need patience, which a lot of us struggle with, including myself at that time. I just said, I just want to train like a badass, like your program and just go after it and just excel. And I couldn't. And I realized that at this time I had to give my body grace while going through cancer and then give that body the time to heal to then drop to my weight. That is my weight set point that I'm happy with now. Mm-hmm. So lo and behold, through that process, I went to a functional medicine practitioner. I think it's really important. And I would just have all these questions and I would just like come at them and ask. And mm-hmm. I think I got frustrated and said, well, why don't you just go to school? And learn this because you've got great questions and you've got a little bit more time now. So that was like a little bit of a year and a half of me learning that and thought that was fascinating. And then I kind of looked and thought, I don't want to just write scripts and say, here's your Dutch test go and do this. I love the coaching aspect. I wanted to be involved in someone's entire journey to see them actually transform. And through that was the mindset. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, well, I want to know how counselors think. Like, I don't just want to go to one. I want to understand how they think and how they can transform so that I love myself. Did that. That's a whole other journey when you go through that stuff. It's that's profound. bottom of the barrel shit. It's hard. Mm -hmm. But I always say you choose your heart. Either you're going to live a shitty life and it's hard, or you're going to go through hard times to make it better. You just make your choice. Right. And through that, I realized that was the missing piece in the weight loss space with health coaching, that it's Mm -hmm. not just fitness. It's not just food and exercise plan. It's actually how we think because how Mm -hmm. we think and how we feel and how we behave all correlates in order for us to actually make habit change and transform. And that's what kind of led me into where I was going with NeuroSlim and teaching people about mindset and CBT and then working, like you said, with clients such as yourself and how you've like mentored into mindset coaching. It's phenomenal. And we see the changes in our clients that we've never seen. And it's just, it's incredible. And to have you see the change and adopt that as a coach, I have to give you the most credit because a lot of us won't. And you in the space are making huge strides because you're taking at it from that angle as well. I, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to have learned from you. And I'll say too, that I've seen in working with clients before, 
I did your NeuroSlim certification before, and then still working with those same clients after the shift that they've had is remarkable. And it, it really is what I feel and what you've been saying. It's, it's a testament to the fact that we cannot get from point A to point B without having that mindset dialed in. Yeah. It's been amazing just watching your clients where we've had a chat and be able to see them. The progress is absolutely astronomical. So I'm happy to be on here and share that info because you're making strides. It's amazing. (laughs) Real badasses. Thank you. Yeah. My goal, my goal is to make impact just like yours. You do. You do. (laughs) I want to talk about, and this is like where, um, I think the, the most common thing that comes up for people aside from menopause in my world, but the most common thing comes up for people of like, what is wrong with me with why I get stuck? And I've got three questions on that and, and I'll, I'll just throw them out and then I'll remind you if you get, if you, okay. But the first one is like, where do we get stuck in our weight loss journey, in our body transformation journey, in our wellness Mm -hmm. journey, where are we getting stuck? How do we recognize that we're getting stuck? And then what do we do about it? So (laughs) let's start with like, when we get stuck, help us Oof. understand yeah. what's going on from a, a psychology point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So going in, into more of the crux of it, when we get stuck and we kind of look at surface level things, a lot of people hear about, it's like what we think we feel and we become right. So whatever we're thinking, inevitably our brain doesn't understand if it's right or wrong. It's just going to kind of store that information, make it into a library and folder it. So if we keep telling ourselves the same things over and over again, we're going to start to believe it, even if we don't like it. So I always say to people, if you're telling yourself, don't eat that food, it's just hearing eat that food, or it just doesn't understand. So we're going to be kind of focused on that. But if we go a little bit further, so those are our thoughts. We go into rules. A lot of the times we get stuck because we have rules, right? So if I do this, then this will happen. And we as human beings will have rules. That's just the way that our brain is able to make things a lot easier because it just wants to have rules so it doesn't have to think. Mm -hmm. It can go on autopilot. So if we're unaware of these, we're just going to keep on going day by day by these rules. And the diet industry, how many rules have we heard over the years of Seventeen Magazine, Cosmopolitan? We've all read that shit. And there's so many rules. And we think... You know, I ask clients all the time, like, where did you hear that you can't eat past six o'clock? They don't even remember. It's just, it's ingrained in their head somewhere and they just believe that it's true. And then we go down into a deeper layer of core beliefs. And those core beliefs usually will hit home when we really are stuck is we're either feel that we're worthless, we're hopeless or unlovable. Whatever's going on, will usually target those, one of those three. And that's what's making us stuck every time. But it's usually taking that awareness, like you said, is how do I realize that? Yeah. And that becomes that journey of mindset is not just figuring out like, oh, I got it one day. It's that practice of saying, I'm really going to work on this each and every day Mm -hmm. and make my mind my best friend because it's a roommate. And half the time we have a shitty roommate up there, but we're letting it live rent free. And we're like, what are we doing to ourselves? Because if we actually had that roommate in our house kicked them out by now because we've all had them at university. We all know them, but we're like keeping them in, hopefully. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think too that there's probably a, an area where people aren't ready to recognize that that's what's happening. And it and that becomes a cycle in itself too. Yeah. And I always say it's if we're not ready, we're not ready. Yeah. 
right? We can't push somebody. We can't want it more than somebody. And we've dealt with that with clients where we just want it so badly. They're just not there yet. So we always Absolutely. have to meet somebody where they're at, or we look at, they're not aware because there's safety mechanisms in place so that our ego isn't actually hit hard. And those core beliefs are so deep down that we'll have all these safeguards in order for us not to actually see it. So that's where usually like yourself will work with thoughts. Majority of the time with health coaches, we're not even getting to the core belief because we can actually make a lot of change with just looking at the thoughts of saying, what happened? What was the situation that went on like 20 minutes ago? Because now you're in a piss poor mood. Mm -hmm. Something happened. So what was going on in your mind? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And then what did you do? Usually, if we can switch that just in itself, we make huge strides that so we don't even have to go to the core beliefs to make some significant changes in a lot of our clients' lives. But the wow. core beliefs and hitting that, it is a lot of work and it does take time. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, <laughs> I know that you touched on this just a moment ago. Yeah. I have worked with people who are all in, like, balls to the wall, yeah. let's go. Yep. They're really not because they're, super not ready to do the hard stuff, like the deep emotional stuff. And I've been in the situation before where I desperately want for them more than I think they want, you know, Mm -hmm. to feel at their very best. Yeah. So it's been a little bit of a journey for me too. And I'm sure you've experienced this just from a coaching perspective of when you want something more than your client is ready to give or step up to the plate or, you know, jump into. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, you have to step back and say, this is not on me. This is them not ready. And I have had those hard conversations. They're some of the hardest. And that makes me so proud because even anyone listening, you think a coach would do that. That is a good coach. You have to. Yeah. Other ones will take the money and say, I'll just cheerlead and congratulations but we want actual change. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the difficult conversations are saying, mm-hmm. hey, we're not getting where we need to be, but meeting them where they're at. And that right there is why they will change. And it's just that learning process of seeing where they are in the stage of change process, right? Like a lot of people know that if they're in pre-contemplation, they don't even know if anything's wrong. So you're not going to say you need to change because they don't even know. We know that with a lot of our parents and stuff that you're dealing with. It's like, there's no clue. <laughs> right. They eat their bag of chips and they're going like pre-diabetes, but they don't think there's anything wrong with it. You're not going to have a conversation. And then a lot of the time it's that contemplation, pre-contemplation stage that they're shifting mm-hmm. and saying, actually, I think I want to make a change, but they're still not ready to actually start to implement the plan, but they're thinking about it. Yeah. Then there comes that preparation, like I'm ready, I'm in. But then it understands of that preparation to action. Everybody's different. So people understood where they were in the stages of change model. You can Google it everywhere. It's fascinating because then you know how you're actually going to change based off where you're at. And even like anybody listening, check it out and ask yourself and be honest and say, maybe I'm in the contemplation. Maybe I don't want to actually put the action. I'm not ready yet. And that's okay because there's actually all these stepping stones that will actually get you to be ready. Well, let's talk about that. Like, Ah. because that is tied in with what, what can we do about it? Right. Yeah. Like getting yourself to the ready point. What are maybe some actionable tips? And that's the key word, right? Like you have to take Mm -hmm. action. You have to show up and do the work. What are some actionable steps to even get us to the point that we're ready to make the change? Yeah. I always say when it's mentally, like physically, it's a little bit differently, but we're kind of looking at the mental aspect of Mm -hmm. 
leveling up, mm-hmm. first and foremost is having support and accountability that someone that you trust, right? Because the last thing that you want to do, and most of us hear that, that, you know, you go to a retreat, a wellness retreat, not knocking it, but it is, I had an experience with that where I learned before getting into this whole escapades where how dangerous it is. If you think you're ready, but you might not be, but you're kind of in that stepping stone space Ooh. is, is this person right? Are they qualified? Do I feel supported? Do I feel like I'm going to be held accountable? And what does that time frame look like? That is important because if you say, yeah, I'm in, I think I'm ready, but you don't have that support system. Somebody can open up a wound and then they'll leave you high and dry. And then you're like, I don't even know how to fix this. So that happened to me. I went all the way to Costa Rica, this beautiful yoga retreat. Someone asked me to go, opened up stuff that I never expected. And then there was nothing there. And I got home worse than I was leaving. And I was not in a bad state. Wow. And then I spent four months trying to figure things out where that was not expected, but someone ripped something open, left it. So that is very serious when we're looking at mental aspects of change that we have to have the support. Now, it doesn't mean your trainer is the be all and end all, but it's saying, okay, I do I have somebody that can help me with the way that I'm thinking? Do I have, you know, a partner or a family member or friend that I could say, hey, I'm going to be looking at some of this. I'm not asking you to be the everything, but I might need support in this. And then it becomes that point of saying, hey, I'm going to start with XYZ. And usually I'd say a professional will be able to see where you need to start. Mm-hmm. But then it's even after and saying, what are you going to do for yourself to, to care? Right. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a meeting, you're going to have a coaching session, but what are you doing after? The worst thing that I hear half the time is they're opening shit up and then they're going to eat bags of chips and Doritos after because it's just emotional. It's tiring going through that. Yeah. But they haven't safeguarded themselves after to say, what am I doing for myself? So there's a lot of support and accountability and preparation ahead of time to make sure that your stepping stones and everything's ready. And you're not going to open shit up in the first session. If they do, then that's the wrong person. (laughs) But we need to make sure that we're aware that, hey, if I'm not feeling great, I have like a little backup care plan that I can use to be able to help myself. Mm, So smart. Yeah. So smart. I only say that because I made my mistake myself and went through it. (laughs) That's, I'm so sorry that you went through that, but it made you a little bit more, a little more um, dialed in. When I'm talking to people about their accountability, I think that it, I think that it is going to be individualized, but it also really matters who it is. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is if you're married, you can tell your partner stuff, but that's such a different relationship that I don't think that it's the same thing as having someone who really truly has your back and yes, and can see things not so, you know, emotionally connected as a partner, yeah. Um, yeah. even a best friend. Like, I think that we oftentimes use each other for sounding boards, but we don't really truly help to make the the next steps. I just, I find that so common. You're right. It's like the friends are cheaper than therapy. That's why the friends, like, no, <laughs> unless they're qualified. And I'd still be like, hey, you've got like a cognitive bias here or what you think. And this is what I say with a lot of um, husbands, because I know that we deal with a lot more females and, you know, they don't have the support, let's Mm -hmm. say, right, that you're trying another diet again, right? You hear this like, yeah, he's not happy. And I always say, like, take a step back and have his approach, right? Where you look and you're like, it's not that he doesn't support you. It's that he doesn't want you to be hurt. And what's happened, you've been 
unhappy every time you've done it. And that's where, why would he be happy and excited to be like, yeah, you're going to hate yourself again. This is amazing. Let's do it. Like, And spend money while you're at it. (laughs) He's like, you don't want to do it. Yeah. And that's what I usually say to anybody. And especially when they've joined with you, they see the difference, but it's also sharing that with their husband of saying, Hey, like I'm going through this, but being happy throughout it and showing that you're actually making changes. It's not like I can't have this. It's showing that extra smile, right? Even when it's hard where they're starting to say, wow, okay, this is making you happy. And I'm seeing the changes, then they Mm -hmm. will support you. But if it's the same old thing, I'd be very hard to be like, yay, you're going to fall again. Right. That's humanity. Like that. We just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So great stepping stones for getting prepared for readiness. Yeah. Now let's let's just hit that third question about like yeah. what what do we do when we are stuck? Like what is the path to? And yeah. I know we touched on this a little bit, but what is the yeah. path that we need to to really truly make change? And we yeah. really should put this on since it's coming from a, a weight loss perspective or you know changing body yeah. composition, getting healthier. It's just so common that we you know let's use the stupid January example of we're all in and and then there's the joke of well the gym will be empty by the end of february yeah like why why is it that we get stuck and we can't come out of that what's what's the what's the step that we mm-hmm. need to do or steps to like yeah. really make it solid yeah we'll go through that i have like the five steps and i know that you know that well but i always say that first and foremost when we're ready to make that change you're like i don't want to get stuck and i keep falling through that And it's most of the time it's habit change. We're trying to take on too many things at once. So at some point we're going to get that fatigue, but also we haven't built the skills. So that's the problems that skills pay the bills. I say that every time that skills will pay the bills for sure. (laughs) But when you look at it and we join a weight loss, a lot of the time, you're not learned skills in school. We didn't learn skills about weight loss, nutrition, fitness. We just learned follow this food plan or the American food guide, the Canadian Mm -hmm. food guide here, follow this and you'll be successful. But that's not the case because we haven't learned the skills to be able to actually go through when things are difficult that three weeks or that six weeks when you're like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. I don't have a dopamine hit. I'm not excited. And everyone says, well, I have to be motivated. No, you don't. You need the skills and the habits. And the problem is a lot of us don't build the skills until shit hits the fan, but then we don't know how to use the skills. So we got to use it when we're excited, when we start something new, start learning the skills, which you do very well. So when it comes to those stepping stones, other than learning the skills, which you're going to work with a qualified professional that actually can teach you the skills that you need the best. It's first looking at where you're currently at. So we look at that, the 1.0 and 2.0, and you call it Mm -hmm. the 2.0 badass where you're currently at when it comes to your health, your wealth, your love, like really look at where you're currently at. Not that everything's bad. There's some great things, but just where you're currently positioned. Mm -hmm. Then you look at your 2.0. It's like, what is it that I want when it comes to my health and my wealth, my love? And your ego is going to get into it like nobody's business, but you keep writing it down. You decide, okay, this is really what I want. So you're connected to that. Not just, I want to lose 10 pounds. Like there's got to be more into that. And then once you figure that out, that's that step two, where we're going to start looking at those pillars of what's the first step that we're going to work on are non-negotiable. Then once you're feeling really happy, you're like, Hey, I've made this a habit. I'm feeling pretty good. You start stacking more, but we've got to be individualized of where we're going to be because nobody can take on everything because a habit takes a lot of brain space. But a lot of us, once we build a habit, it becomes automatic. Like we get up, 
We'll either maybe brush our teeth, get a coffee or go to the shower. We'll do it every morning. Right. When we go into the shower, we'll turn it on. You'll do the same thing. You might use a body wash first, but that's all habits that you haven't had to think of. That's what you're doing in your fitness journey is you're going to pick one habit and you're going to make it automatic. And when you yep. think of that, you're like, oh yeah, I do the same thing in the shower. I don't even think about it. That's what we're after when it comes to building skills. Mm-hmm. Step three, what we're looking at is actually looking at any detours or setbacks. Because unlike a lot of other coaches, you look at setbacks and detours right away, which is great. Because most coaches won't. And then you think, oh shit, like this was this should be perfect. Never. Yeah. When we can pre-plan setbacks in the past, what did what how can I improve on that? Mm-hmm. And we look at potential setbacks or potential detours that right. will show up in your journey regardless. That's gonna happen. I've never <laughs> met somebody that's had a perfect window. And if they do, uh, they've never had it. And if they have, I'd be like, shit, this sucks because I want you to go through a hard time with me so that I can work through it because otherwise everything is perfect. And then you're done. Right. You go off on your own life and then shit hits the fan. You don't know how to deal with it. So I always say, I hope shit hits the fan when you're working with Heather or I, because then we can get through it. Mm-hmm. And then step four is that recommitment technique where we have to recommit that first we need to be all in. We need to be committed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then it actually becomes the recommitment every day that we have to recommit to that 2.0. And if, you know, we're feeling that things are great at the minute, you're like, oh, things are going well, write a letter to yourself, write a letter to your 1.0 when shit hits the fan that you're like, hey, you, I know you can do this. I know you can get out of it because you did this, 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 and this. So powerful. Mm-hmm. And then step five is like, you got to do something now. Like one thing in your 2.0 that you wrote down that you're like, I can do that. And that was one thing for me was just wearing clothes and not gym clothes every day. Right. That I never wrote in my 2.0, wear gym clothes and don't wash your hair. It was like <laughs> dress, feeling confident. And mm-hmm. I laughed and I thought, uh, I guess I could wear clothes, but I work from home. So I'll wear gym clothes. I'm like, no, that's laziness. That's my 1.0 sabotaging me back into what's comfortable. So I literally was like, no, I made it a rule. I'll wear gym clothes at the gym. And I'll wear clothes when I'm not at the gym. And that's been it. two years. And it's been a huge difference. So those, a lot, but those are the steps. But Heather knows them so well and teaches them. And that's why you've transformed so many people's lives. It's been amazing to see. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I have a couple comments. I I love the five steps. And yeah. they make sense. Like, you know, they make sense. It's just doing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It matters. It's the action again. I always tell people that uh, motivation is a fickle bitch because she really is. It's, it's she really is on and off, on and off. And you, you just can't depend on that. So no, that's no. truly where the habits come into play. And I want to say that I love the letter example. I just got in the mail this week, a letter from myself that I wrote on um, New Year's Eve last year. Oh, and I didn't remember writing it. And I honestly didn't even recognize my handwriting. <laughs> And it, and it said right from the beginning, Hey, badass. And I was like, Oh, who's this from? And I quickly scanned to the bottom and saw it was from me. And I was like, what? Like, I did not remember that at all. And all the things that I had like talked about doing this year and how proud I was of myself for like actually doing them. And I was like, well, holy shit, I actually did do all these things. And I did like do all the hard stuff that I said I was going to do. So that was cool. I would think that'd be a lot of everybody. Everybody could benefit from. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I love that. That's incredible. I used to yeah. do that every 
Christmas because I get up for my husband and I don't uh-huh. work on Christmas. And I would write myself a letter, same thing. Uh-huh. And I would then put it in my Christmas decorations. So I'll have four, I've done it for four years now. I have four letters that I'll oh, read on Christmas Day that's every sweet. year. So then I remember it. I like take out the ornaments. It's like, oh, sweet. I have that letter. And it's hilarious, some of the stuff and how much you grow when you start doing that. The first year, you might be like, okay, like you said, you're like, I recognize that person. And when you start building those skills and you push yourself out of like discomfort, you're going to laugh at the two year. You'd be like, what? Oh my God, that's so funny. But it's amazing to read when you see yourself progress. For sure. The worst thing is when you write it, you don't do anything and you're like, oh my gosh, but what you're writing is the same thing every year. That's a problem. It needs to be different where you're like, I don't even know this person. Every 12 months, we should be changing as a person if we want to grow. That's smart. Mm -hmm. I like that. Okay. So listeners, you need to write a letter, pick a day, do it. Um, (laughs) I do want to ask you when I said that there's the two common things that people talk to me about and it's, it's the getting stuck and getting into cycles. But the other thing is most of my women are perimenopause, menopause, and they're dealing with these shifts in their body. They're dealing with shifts in their emotions. And they're not even aware that that is very much part of going through a hormonal change is having shifts in emotions. So they just think that they're coming undone, unglued, you know, a lot of people are dealing with some pretty heavy stuff with like real depressive states and uh, anxiety. And, and it's not that there was like a situational change. It just happened as their hormones were starting to tank. So I want to talk about like the mindset in and around when -hmm. we're going through these hardships, you know, it's hard enough to feel like your body's changing. It's changing, but it's kind of like, this is going to sound super negative, but I think a lot of women can relate to it, that your body's failing you because, you Mm -hmm. know, we hear it all the time. I'm doing the same shit and I'm, and I'm not looking the same. So some women really take it that way that their body's failing them. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about like how we can create a mindset shift in and around these hormonal changes Mm -hmm. in and around this time of life. Cause I've heard it before said that the best years are still to come, you know, we're we're in like the the prime of our career. We're doing successful things that make us happy. For a lot of yeah. people, their kids are growing and they're you know they don't need as much attention. And you have all this time ahead of you now that you can you don't have a period. You can you know like you don't feel like shit all the time. Amazon stocks are going down. <laughs> but so let's talk about like how we can reframe the mindset or what's helpful. You know from from your perspective, what can we start to yeah. implement? Yeah, pretty much you were bang on where it looks at flipping the switch and having a multiple perspective, right? So what we're doing is looking at one aspect of it that my body's failing me. Well, why is it failing me, right? Really, why is it failing you? Because you don't have a period? Okay, there's a lot of positives to not looking Mm -hmm. at that. Mm -hmm. Or you're saying, I'm putting on weight. That's not the case always will be. It's understanding how your body's working hormonally. Mm-hmm. And that's usually just one section that we look at our body's failing or we have wrinkles or our skin's not as tight. I never hear anyone say, I feel other than like I have brain fog. Like, okay, well, we all have that because we have phones and we're distracted. Yeah. But when we look at it, majority of the time, it's physical that we're focusing more and more on our physical than exactly what you said of freedom, the new opportunities how intelligent and smart and experienced we are right. when we're going through that. It is our prime because 
what we, the intelligence we have way surpasses the 20 year olds coming out. And that's what we can look at and say, hey, yeah, I might be going through this, but man, I've got a brain that is so intelligent, has the experience. What am I going to do? I'm going to put her to work now because I'm a lot smarter. That in itself makes a huge difference with hormones because we all know cortisol, like Courtney, the cortisol, you can name them funny things. When we stress out about that stuff, we're pushing that little imbalance even more. But if we look and say, I'm going to make sure that I'm in control of what I can with those hormones, maybe estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, maybe we can't. There are things that could help, Mm -hmm. but cortisol, you can. So that's that shift of multiple perspective and saying, I'm going to be smarter. So I'm going to take more rest. I'm going to, I'm going to start to connect with people that are positive about going through menopause, or maybe they don't talk about it that much, but they're transpiring different things in the space of business or whatever they're doing that will make huge shifts in hormones, right? We always know that when people are young and they all have periods at the same time, well, get around people that have menopause that are happy (laughs) and then maybe you'll create some other cocktails of hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to have a different perspective and maybe I'm not going through menopause. I I know that. Nope, you're not there. I have a lot of friends that are going through it, but the ones that are positive and putting an impact into their life beyond the scale and focusing fully on their physical those are the people that are happy and they're not putting on the 10, 15 pounds. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, well said. And I think that goes beyond too, just menopausal changes. Like you've got to surround yourself with those positive people as much as possible. You don't want to be around Debbie Downers. It is <sighs> brutal. brutal. No. And it's, and also it's taking that switch ourselves and saying, am I at the Debbie Downer? Mm-hmm. Shit. Okay. If that's the case, I need to switch that. And even though it's hard, you start surrounding yourself with positive people. You can't be the one that comes in negative to get that. Like you've got to give, give, give. And that's why I say to anybody creating new spaces, a community, you've created an amazing community of positivity. It's like jumping in on that and giving that back to another female. You create those hormones. It happens. It's like, get that vibe to someone else. And you'll feel like the like little shivers on like your spine. You're like, okay, that's a good thing. We want that but all of us are just pushing the negative in, but that's only a small percentage I say, because there's a lot of incredible, incredible women. I think menopause is a great thing and I I can't wait to get into it. Not just because of tampons, but I want to make it my best part too. Cause I don't know, you and I are similar in the fact that just because something's hard doesn't mean that we have to make it that difficult journey. We can make a change and make it a positive thing. Yeah. That's super badass. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't want a period anymore. So I look forward to that. <laughs> we complain when we have one. We complain when we don't have one. I'm not complaining about that. I, you know, like, yeah. truth be told, I I surgically made mine stop because it was a detriment to the world that I had it as bad as I did. <laughs> and so I won't get I won't get too graphic on that, but um <laughs> I just couldn't even function anymore. So I made mine physically stop. And I kind of regret doing that now because going into full-on menopause, you don't know when you're actually there. If you've right. you know, had a, a ablation and you no longer yeah. menstruate anymore, you don't know if you're there. So you have to rely on blood work and stuff. Anyway, I, I think that um, it's great to not have one. <laughs> That's all I'm going to yep. say. <laughs> yeah. All right. My last question for you, Jill, is what makes you feel like a badass? Oh, working with people like you. 
in all in all honesty and transparency. I don't just say that just because, but it really fills my heart that we're making huge change mm-hmm. and we're doing it in a way that you're like, we know this works. And it's not just the MLM, buy my sugar puff gummies and feel good, right? You're just like, I, I can't, I can't. I don't know why I'm <laughs> picking on gummies, but that's fine. We're making a big impact. And that's just, it lights my soul on fire. And to hear mm-hmm. the changes that your clients are making, then they're doing that. And it's like, we're just making a little small space, mm-hmm. a little bit better in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all your great mentorship today and your advice and for coming on to the pod and talking about these things. I know that my ladies will love it. And I so appreciate the impact that you make in the world. So Amazing. thank you. Thank you. You're a badass. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for hopping on today. And we will see you next time on the Badass Reset Club. Well, there you have it. One step closer to feeling strong, confident, and inspired to take care of you again. And you know what's even more badass? Sharing this with a gal pal that might need a little fist pump in her life. If you got some inspo from this episode, I'd be honored if you took a screenshot for your social and tagged me at Coach Heather Yancey so I can send you a personal thank you. And please know that if you could take a minute to rate and review the show, it helps get this podcast to more people. And that's super badass. And finally, if you haven't joined the Badass Reset Club on Facebook, what are you waiting for? I'll see you over there and go get them.